I'm really excited about Lindsay and Jared getting to share with us because this is the first of many, many times that they are going to speak into, sow into, partner with us in ministry. Um, and they are so passionate about saying yes to every invitation that God has for them. And one of the things I love so much is that they gave us the best analogy for our marriage that has like helped me so much. And Jared actually shared it with me. I don't know if you guys even remember this. He goes, Lindsay is the kite and I'm the string. <laughs> and he goes, she goes off. And he goes, and I hold her down to earth. <laughs> and he goes, she takes me to places that I would never go. But I keep her from like flying off into outer space and not being ever on the earth. And I went, that is us. That's so us. Anyway, I like felt like our marriage was healed in that moment. So <laughs> all the understanding just came right down into that one analogy. And so um, without further ado, I would just love for you to say yes to everything that God has for you in what Lindsay and Jared have to share. Who's, uh, who's phone? It's Greg's timer. It's the timer? Okay, because I was setting my own timer because I'm the string in this relationship. <laughs> All right. uh, so, most everybody knows me. I'm Jared Bailey. This is my wife, Lindsay. Um, we, uh, we were going to talk tonight about a little bit about the arc of our faith in sort of how we find ourselves here um, in this outpouring. Um, and I, I think just when you kind of hear foundationally how, how we started, um, then you might uh, appreciate um, how we're here. And you may identify with some of that along the way um, because we've had a lot of struggles through our lives, very similar struggles that you guys have had. Um, and God has met us in different phases and he's grown and built us. And, um, and now we're here, and, and we're going to be starting some ministry stuff here as well, and that's part of our background why we're going to kind of walk you through our arc um, to let you know uh, a little bit of the background of, of this sort of ministry, this prayer ministry that we're going to be starting here. Sound good? Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's see, it was a dark and stormy night. <laughs> um, I actually, we come from two different backgrounds. Um, I uh, was really um, non-religious growing up. Uh, my folks are in the back there. Uh, they can attest to that. I wasn't uh, thumping any Bibles or anything. In fact, I, I didn't really um, have a lot of interaction uh, that I recall um, with, uh, with God or with Christians in general. In fact, I would say that, um, I mean, I was, you know, by, by high school and college, I was certainly an atheist. Um, but I didn't like Christians very much. I didn't like them because they weren't particularly nice people. And, uh, and then the God that they believed in wasn't, didn't strike me as a particularly nice or loving or present God or whatever. Um, I certainly didn't see him moving in, in their lives. So, um, you know, then I uh, meet this girl and she has this like love affair with her God. And he is having this love affair with her. And I'm like, oh my gosh, who's this God? And who's this crazy Christian girl? And, uh, and that sort of opened this, this door for me to, uh, to walk into, into my faith. Um, but you came from a different background. Yeah, so I grew up evangelical, um, very strong Christian family, um, just non-denominational, Bible-believing. 
grew up in private Christian schools and um, had a very strong uh, biblical foundation, learned Bible verses all the time. And, you know, when you're young, um, you get to an age where you start looking at the adults and saying, okay, why don't you sell me on what you're selling, you know, like, show me why I should believe what you believe, because most of when you're very young, you just happen to believe what your parents believe. But when I really started questioning, and I started sitting back, and I, I saw a lot of um, adults who um, loved God, loved the word, loved um, a great sermon, and would hear these people, oh, the best sermon, I just learned so much. And I would wait to see what would happen next. Nothing would happen next. It was um, head knowledge. And um, then, and nothing else. It just, I never saw it walked out. And this is across, like, school, you know, teachers, anybody. So I just was like, hmm, maybe the invitation is to just, uh, you know, listen to sermons and agree, I guess. Um, But I had a problem with that because, um, you know, once I started getting into high school and really wrestling with um, peer pressure and all these other things, and the world is asking me to agree with them, and, and uh, God's asking me to agree. And the only thing, I, I knew what the world was offering me, but I went to Christianity, and I said, well, you know, what are you offering me? And the thing that I kept getting back is just behave. Behave like this, and, and look like this. And I couldn't do either of those things. I didn't look like other Christians. I didn't think like other Christians. I didn't talk like other Christians. The behavior thing just did not work for me. And so I became so completely frustrated that I said, I, I said to my mom, if that's Christianity, I hope nobody ever calls me a Christian. And I just walked away. It was, I was tired of struggling. And, um, my, it, once I got into college, I found a book called The Sacred Romance. Um, by John Eldridge, and it broke open this romance between God and I of God absolutely pursuing me, the God of the universe pursuing me, not me trying to, um, you know, fix myself up so that he'll think I was okay. And, I mean, it was like a real love affair. Like, we have songs, like certain love songs, that I've never told anybody. I've never told Jared what they are. They're just ours. And the, I journaled just the things that he would do with me. And I was living in Colorado at the time. And so it was just days hiking Garden of the Gods with the Braveheart soundtrack <laughs> in my ear and the God of the Universe and just madly fell in love with the Lord and it was just the most special relationship ever Um, and this is when I was in Colorado then I had to come back um, to finish my undergrad um, at ASU and that's when I met Jared right off of this just incredible love affair that I had started with the Lord and 
It was an interesting meeting. Um, uh, we had mutual friends and, you know, just kept talking, get to know each other. And I was feeling bad for her. I, I wanted to help this poor Christian girl out and because I took philosophy 101 in college. So therefore I knew everything. And, uh, and then so I run into this girl who's on fire and she completely judo threw me. And next thing you know, I'm running into the church and, uh, and it wasn't easy, right? I mean, it wasn't easy. We, we courted for, for a long time, for many years. My parents saw the highs and the lows. Um, and there was, there was stuff that, uh, that I was bringing into that relationship, right? Things that, like addictions and things that, that um, st I started with walking into that. So, you know, there was, it, was, it was not all roses. But I can say that my foundation of, um, of Christ was in this really loving God, right? So that was my only experience. I didn't come with all the baggage that she came with. I... Um, I had this this great, amazing God, and He loved me, and I loved Him, and and that was sort of our foundation, right? Who is God? Right? I was even going to write something. Yeah, he needs some whiteboard. I need to write on a whiteboard. If you're going to put a whiteboard around me, so you know, <laughs> um, who he is, right? That was kind of foundational. Um, and so here we are. We're actually in Colorado. We know John Eldridge, this author. And, uh, and all of a sudden we're steeped in this world of magic love affair and all that stuff, but also um, like a ton of warfare. It was kind of like, hey, yes, the God of the universe loves you, but you are in a battle. And he wants to see you through that battle, but you are in this battle, in the spiritual battle. And it was a big part of, of this um, sort of place that we were in is you're constantly battling. In fact, he had a quote. Yeah, so his number one thing he would say is, if you're not getting shot at, then you're not in the battle. And so for me, I started getting really heavy into spiritual warfare stuff. And feeling like that was a sign of holiness to like take on the devil and I'm gonna, you know, just fight it out. And I, I took so much of that on myself and, um, it, I became really seeped in it. And it was very hard and very heavy to carry for a very long time. Um, but I, that's, that was just my perception that, that warfare means good things, you know, are happening. Yeah, it should hurt <laughs> a little bit. It feel good. It should hurt a little bit to be a Christian. Yeah, it was hard at that point. Um, you know, but, but here we are. And then, um, and then we, we discovered or we, we were introduced to something called uh, Freedom Immersion, which is uh, a weekend um, that no, the people who invited us didn't tell us what it was. It was very like, we're not going to tell you what it is. And we're like, why not? They said, you need to come here because at this point, we're now married. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're now married. We're living in Colorado um, and we have uh, Ava and we are really not getting along. Yeah. Like we are using the D word in our marriage and we're fighting all the time and there's just nothing good about it. And somebody said, yeah, you guys need to come to this, this freedom immersion weekend. And we're like, great, sign us up. We booked two tickets and we, we came down, you know, sight unseen or whatever. We, we didn't know anything about what we were walking into. And, uh, and so we walk into this, this weekend and it was a pretty monumental weekend. It was, uh, this is sort of the beginning of the next chapter for us. It was essentially um, 
learning that yes, there's a God of the universe and he loves us, and, uh, but he also wants to talk to us. He wants to tell us about how he loves us. And he wants to have like a conversation with us. And, um, and this is like a two-way street kind of thing. And, and we're in this weekend and there's people, there's prayer teams and they're praying with us they're praying over us and and god is praying so they claim god is praying through them right and so we are not sure what to do with this but we're we're hearing a lot of truth um what seems like truth and it's kind of rocking our worlds and um and you know when they call it freedom weekend it really is kind of the the taste of what we got was this idea of freedom and so it kind of segued into our next chapter of you know who God is is great, but he also wants to talk. And listen, right? So uh, some really cool things happened in this season, and we started pursuing this for, for a number of years. One of the things is our marriage got considerably, uh, considerably better. I don't know if you want to see my notes either, but um, a couple of things. Um, we, yeah, we, we had our, this idea that God designs us. We are designed before we're even born. He designs us. He knits us in the womb. And, uh, and one of the things that they did in this weekend is they would pray over that. People who never met us would pray over our original design. Jared's original design. Lindsay's original design. Jared and Lindsay's marriage and how that was designed. Um, Ava and her design in Aiden in August. Um, and, and it was really wild because they were people we never met before were literally reading our mail to us. Like, oh yeah, God designed you this way. And we're like, oh my gosh, I've never met you, but that's absolutely true. In fact, we brought some of our notes. So we were getting ready for this talk. And Lindsay goes, I have all the original designs. So she pulls them out of the folder and we start reading them. And there's kind of some interesting ones in here. Yeah. I don't know if you have some that. So there was, I just had a lot of questions about my identity for a long time. And, um, you know, I, I, the way that I made decisions was other people would say, hey, this is a great group, you should do it. Or this is a great volunteer opportunity, you should do it. And that's how I made decisions. I would listen to other people's opinions and do that. And this was a moment where God said, this is how you were made and this is how I these are your missions, and this is how I want to use you. And um, a couple of things. This was 2012. Um, he saw a picture of the Lord sharing secret, secrets with a little girl. And uh, it, it, like whispering in her ear. And you project a safety, and healing comes from the feeling of safety. Um, those wounded find healing because it's within you. So it's literally God saying, I want to share my secrets with you to heal others. And I'm like, whoa, like that's pretty cool. Um, multiple years, because I've had my original design prayed for, one of the first things people always say to me is, you are designed for joy, which always makes me laugh because my middle name is Joy. And when I was, you know, in college, 
I was at an event, and somebody said, God is restoring your name right now. I don't know who you are, but God is restoring your name. And I felt God say, I was the furthest thing from joy at that moment in my life, but I heard him say, it's you. You are joy, and I will prove to you that you are joy. And so from then on, every original design I got, somebody said joy, like one of the first things. And I'd go, yeah, I get it, okay. And they, they're like, wow. And I'm like, you don't understand. You're about the eighth person to say that. So, um, so that's really fun. But one of the most important things that were birthed through this original design was um, mother, my mother's heart. And um, it says not just your kids, but other people's kids. You see kids through God's eyes. They feel the love of God coming through you. You have the strength to love kids who don't have a mother's love. That was the moment that my dream of fostering, the seed was planted. I didn't know that it was fostering at that point at all. Um, but something was planted the moment they spoke that over me. And God used other people and circumstances to pour that out. But every time I was confronted with it, he would remind me of this word, of my mother's heart for other children, not just my own. And so these words have such incredible power. It's God saying, it's not necessarily a word for today. This was 2012, and we just became foster parents for the first time this year. So it's so fun to see how he plants these seeds and we get to just not do anything but watch what he's doing and then look back and go oh my gosh you totally knew back then that jakari was the child that was going to come into our home and how fun is that um so i, I have some i had some too. fun ones i had um i have some of yours too can i read one of yours that i know you won't read sure <laughs> number one He's marked by extreme intelligence. I mean, come on. How is that fair that God like gave him the design of like extreme intelligence? I'm kind of jealous of that one. But. Um, when I was growing up, I was, so I was a pretty lonely kid. For being a twin, I was a very lonely kid and having friends. And I remember in high school, there was, there was a time, um, Dad, you and I, I was, in the, I was in the basement of our house and I was crying. My dad walks down, he's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I don't have any friends. I have no friend. I'm so lonely. And uh, I remember at the time he goes, well, you know, Jared, you're just, you're, you're a lot like me. I was, I was like that when I was your age. You're, you're a lone wolf. And he didn't know that what he spoke over me at the time, but I took that name. And I went through many years saying, uh, giving myself permission to be lonely. And I called myself, or, you know, that whole lone wolf name kind of, uh, kind of followed me. And then we got our designs, and it's following me up until I'm getting this original design, and uh, I don't know if you brought that one. I don't think I brought it, but, but it, we had just moved back to Phoenix and really didn't know anyone or have many friendships at the time when this was prayed over you. Yeah, and so it was essentially like um, you, will, you, will, you will have lots of friends. You are, you are someone who, who makes good friends. Um, Many men will say Jared is my best friend. Yeah. And we're like... Okay. And we're like, well, that's not me. <laughs> Clearly, you're misinterpreting the Holy Spirit. 
Uh, but if you guys know me now, I do. I have lots of friends. I have lots of very good, dear friends that I love dearly, and they love me. So um, that's one of them. And another one was just funny because I totally forgot about this. Um, if you've known me for like the last or forever, um, yeah, okay. Are you talking about this one? Yeah. So this is how long ago is this? Um, uh, at least years. five or six okay. years ago. Uh, we got this crazy word, and I'm like, this is definitely not me. You definitely misheard the Holy Spirit. Um, they said, Jared, you're a worshiper. <laughs> you teach people how to worship. Uh, they were saying, like, tape player, turntable, whatever. Uh, if you guys don't, for those who don't know me, I am not a worshiper. Like, until the invitation that I reluctantly said yes to, like, I was not that Unless dude. Unless you consider Neil Diamond worship. That was about... Oh, that was the extent of my worship, yeah. And so it's just funny. It's just funny how, you know, and if you don't know, sometimes I'm up here singing. Um, uh, it's crazy how God works. And he sits outside of time, and he knows us in ways that um, he, it's, he delights in watching the unfolding, right? And the discovery of... Uh, well, and I have to say, because I think that was actually the very first time we were prayed for. Um, strangers, we had never met them. They took one second to pray and looked at Jared and said, I see you with a microphone in your hand. And God said, you worship like David worships. And we couldn't stop laughing because Jared loves karaoke. And so for a stranger to say, I immediately see you with a microphone in your hand. And God loves that about you. God designed you that way. It's not just a fluke that, you know, you like karaoke. Um, uh, it, it starts to shape your identity. And these things that you think are a coincidence, you start to really say, Lord, is this from you? Is this actually you doing this in me? And it starts to shift everything in your life and choices that you make. Um. When you feel like uh, God has been telling you how he's designed you and he's telling you how he's designed your spouse or your kids or your marriage, uh, it becomes impossible to look at those things the way that you did before you heard those things. Um, and so our marriage completely started to flip around and I started to see her the way that God sees her. I couldn't help it. Um, and we started to see our marriage as uh, something that God designed, and we were starting to live that out. Um, there's some other things that our marriage uh, uh, was prayed over, like, like, for example, we would be the home that all the kids come to in the neighborhood. And that, in fact, is exactly what our home always is. Wherever we live, we're the home that all the kids come to. Um, uh, we also didn't just receive prayer over the course of the time. For a long time, we did. We just received it. We're like, tell us more. Um, we started to then become a prayer team. So we were invited to do that. And that's really super scary when you get invited to actually start praying for people through through the Spirit. And, um, and But we did that. And God started showing up. And God started saying, hey, you guys really do talk to me just like everybody else does. And you can hear from me. Um, and so we... Uh, we started kind of turning that into a ministry. We actually opened our home for a year, and every month we had people come into our home, and we called it the gym. 
because you go work, work it out, work out your muscle, work out your prayer muscle. And we would just bring strangers in our home. We'd sit around and we'd pray over each other. Um, and we'd ask God for words. And that year was incredible. We saw, we saw a marriage that was marked. It was a 48 year old marriage marked by, uh, significant abuse. Um, this two, this couple were, were as broken as you can be. And we saw them utterly redeemed. We saw them. Uh, I remember they came through our, they came through our living room and we prayed over. It was just one of them. Uh, they, they couldn't even be in the same room together. Um, it was the, it was the wife. And we prayed over her and we, and you could just see her, uh, just break right there in the living room and she was crying and we were like, Oh my gosh, what happened? Um, and she said, no, this is good to thank you. Thank you for this work. We walked in, we, we saw them a couple months later and it was like a brand new couple. It's like they had gotten younger by 20 yeah, years. Their faces look different. They were holding each other. <laughs> they were like bright smiling. I've never seen the guy smile. Yeah. It was very stoic and very bitter. And we said, what? is going on and she said that word that we had in your living room has transformed our marriage she said I, I hadn't told you this but I had already talked to my lawyer and started the divorce uh, proceedings and this word I just gave it a shot and she ran home and told him yeah and next thing you know they're like walking in this um, in this word so anyway there's a lot of power there, right? And that was sort of in this season of learning how to talk to God um, was, was really, really important to us. And so when we talk about this, um, this uh, prayer ministry here, uh, we're gonna be doing stuff like this. We're going, we're gonna be praying for you, if any of you um, want words of knowledge, um, discernment, things like that, um, we, We'll play that role. Some of you also um, know how to do that. You may want to learn how to do that yourself, um, but that's going to be what we're going to do. We're going to, um, you know, basically uh, either we're going to provide it and also give the opportunity to learn it yourselves if you'd like to. Okay. Um, and so that kind of segues into the current season. Um, Okay, so this is where, you know, we really we met Angela and we started this idea of true and truth of identity, right? And yeah, we have a lot of prayer over us, but really learning how to see and know who you are through your relationship with Christ um, and then agreeing with it right so it's it's like around all of this is learning agreement and what really this is agreement. i should write next you time. should write next time. <laughs> you got that the power of this uh has been transformational uh for me i had i, I mentioned before um bringing into the marriage some addiction um i was freed of that over a year ago utterly freed of it, like done, gone. And it, it wasn't until I came into agreement with these things 
um, that uh, that I really experienced how powerful my God is. Like he's super powerful. He literally can do it all. I didn't even have to try for it. I just simply had to agree with him. Um, and so I can expound on that uh, later or on the side if you guys are ever curious. But um, yeah, I think I think for me, again, even when I got into some of this stuff, I started striving in it and trying. Like, how do I uh, do this? <laughs> and um, I loved an analogy that I think it was Bill Johnson gave about. Um, how when kids are young, parents will give them money to buy them a, a Christmas gift so that the kids can have the pleasure of handing their parents a Christmas gift, but the parents paid for it. And that's God's Father's heart towards us. Everything that he gives us, everything that we give him, it's because he gave us first. And so that was such a light bulb moment for me because I realized... Um, you know, it, it wasn't about me anymore. It was about his ability to change those things in me. It was about his ability to make me joy when I didn't feel joy or I didn't have the circumstances like I wanted. Um, and for me to agree. So I think one of the biggest um, miracles in my mind was when you were talking about our marriage, I didn't want to interrupt you, but... Um, one of the words over our marriage, and we got like an eight-part marriage design. And I looked at that design, and I just cried and cried and cried because none of it was what I saw day to day. None of it. Marked by unity, we couldn't even have a conversation. And, and this person said that we were marked by unity. It felt cruel to have somebody say we're marked by unity when we couldn't get along. And I was just like, did you do this just to like tease me of like show me all the things that I could have if I was a better Christian um, but not yet you know and God just kept saying I'm gonna do this list you're not gonna do this list I'm gonna do this list and so all I did every day you know over myself I got his design I got new words constantly because God's always doing new stuff. It's not about just always revisiting the past and what he was doing then. And I would just declare it and agree with things that I did not see. And we'd still fight. And I'd go, you know what, though? Somehow we're marked by unity. And um, and that agreement, I don't, I really, I, I call it like, I went to sleep and he did brain surgery. Or he did heart surgery while I was asleep. I don't know. It wasn't a book that I, you know, I didn't do anything. Um, but it was an absolute miracle to me. And so I think when you have those moments when the, with the Lord, you need to always bring those miracles back to mind because he's going to walk you into a harder season where it's time for upgrade. And that's the other thing I've been getting from the Lord um, that I love that Angela has been there for me on this. Um, and she even talked about it here, about when you start a new season, you feel so unprepared. You feel so unequipped. And, you know, especially for us with um, fostering right now, for the past few months, I have felt so utterly unequipped for what God has asked me to do. 
and there has been so many tears and so so much doubt and you know then reading that I go okay I, I think I'm on the right path but this is rough and and God keeps turning it into such a positive yay you're struggling yay such good news it's so great when you get to struggle with the Lord because he's doing something incredible at that moment and you can't see it at that moment but um, he always when I'm complaining the loudest he's cheering louder over me and going you are gonna love this one you are gonna love what I'm doing here and and it really does bring so much peace that I, I'm not doing this it's not my strength it's not my biblical knowledge it's not my head knowledge it's not my psychology degree that I wish I would have gotten so that I could deal with this. Like, why didn't you give me a degree? And, and he always goes, why? So I can, you have to unlearn, so I could reteach you and have you unlearn everything you learned. This is an exploring, this is an adventure with me. Um, hey, real quick, time check. My timer got all wonky. How oh. much time do we have left? Oh, we have Greg's phone. Oh, is there a timer going on this? It's just recording. Almost had a train of thought. So what, what is our... Uh... Okay, six minutes. Okay. okay. Um, oh, upgrade. And so now I just find myself um, in so many situations that God just keeps going. He says one of two things right now. Either have another thought <laughs> when the thoughts are really negative. Hmm. Why don't you have another thought? Um, or... This is the moment, this is the place of your upgrade. How excited are you? <laughs> and it, that is probably for me right now, the biggest lens shift. That the, there is no negatives in the kingdom. There's no negatives. There's no mess ups in the kingdom. You can't mess up. You either, he moves you along or he overcomes it, but you're not, you're not gonna mess it up with him. And how freeing. It takes all the expectations and all the accusations and it just falls right off of you. And they can't stick anymore when you're agreeing with that. And when Satan sees you go, woohoo, this was horrible. Like, what's he going to do to you then? <laughs> like, he's got nothing. <laughs> yeah, and that's another thing. Our, our, th that warfare that we, um, that we practiced, um, you know, way back here, uh, over the years, um, in the revelation that warfare's kind of gone away. Now we just sort of constantly look at God and we, and we ask, how do I, how do I stay in alignment? Like what, what, how do I just say yes to you in this moment? Um, and, and Satan just can't really operate there. It's just, it's like a vacuum. He just can't do anything with that. Um, and so our, we don't, we don't agonize, uh, in this, you know, spiritual warfare realm anymore, um, we just really operate and try to operate in this place of alignment. It's been really freeing. Um, let me see if there's anything, any other tidbits. Um, tell them about the Disney cruise. Oh gosh, yes. You, Angela reminded me that. So. I'll, I'll try to make the longest story ever really succinct. Um, so we're learning this, and this was my first opportunity to take this first spin and see how does it work in everyday life. 
So my mom paid for my entire family to go on a Disney cruise uh, last January. We were um, supposed to fly into Texas, and there was a big storm, kind of not as big as this one, but there was a big storm that was canceling all the flights. So after waiting in the airport for seven hours, and they kept saying, we, you know, we promise we'll get you there, they finally canceled the flight at like 9 p.m. Our ship was leaving without, with or without us, you know, um, 3 p.m. the next day. And they're saying, you know, flights are all canceled. So all these people have to be rerouted somehow and, and all the flights are booked, no openings. And we all started shaking because it is tens and tens of thousands of dollars that were out, plus a, a family trip that we've never done, ever. My family's never done anything like this. So it's pretty serious that we make it. And I go into complete negativity. Well, let's just go home. I, I don't have, like, we've been here seven hours. You know, sorry, Mom. <laughs> you know, give up. And that's my default. And God just said, what if it's not your default? What if we do something different? What if you have a brilliant thought instead of a negative thought, as Graham Cook called them, a brilliant thought? And so I said, okay. So what would a brilliant thought be? Well, that we all could get um, seats on totally sold out flights. We're sitting on the plane on six seats on a totally sold out flight about two hours later, um, flying to not Dallas, which is where we were supposed to be going. No, Houston. We were supposed to go. We flew into Dallas instead. Okay. We're supposed to go to Houston. Which we is found, two hours away from Houston. We found Houston. a ticket to Dallas. So we said, just get us in Texas. <laughs> and we'll see what Jesus does with, with the rest. So we fly into the wrong city. And we land at 1.30 in the morning. With little kids. With little kids who have been at the airport all day. And we were going to, like, rent a car. Well, it's raining cats and dogs. The storm is still going on. And, I, and we're exhausted. It sounds very treacherous. So we decide to call an Uber. And I'm like, oh dear God, like how are you gonna do this? And he's like, just have a brilliant thought. Have a brilliant thought. And it's gonna be the best Uber driver ever. So it's like a six hundred dollar Uber fare. We, this guy pulls up and we're like, hey, how about you drive us two hours in the middle of the night, in the middle of pouring rain, to, like just stay up and drive through the night. And he's from Africa somewhere. And he's, he's he goes, French, well, what? French Guiana, is that, yes, is that a place? somewhere. I don't know. And he goes, well, I'm going to turn off my Uber fare and just drive you myself. And I'm like, oh, I'm super uncomfortable. Like, okay, um, I'll put my children in your car. <laughs> Anyways, I'm just shaking. I'm like, what are we doing? We are risking our lives. He starts talking about how he's a pastor, and he starts preaching about the Holy Spirit, and I'm like, wow, that was a brilliant thought I had. I didn't know that I was going to get, like, filled with the Holy Spirit on the way um, as this guy, God bless him, stayed up all night, and I was watching his eyes, like, as much as I could to see if he was awake. God just, and he was talking to Jared about his his church in Africa and his church there, and I he mean, was amazing. amazing man. And so, you know, and he's like, before we leave, would you just mind if I prayed over our trip? <laughs> sure. 
and just called down angels over us and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the best Uber ride I ever have had. So Five we, stars. we get there and we have no luggage because our luggage never made it. And I'm like, Lord, I have to wear nothing the whole trip except like one shirt that says like Bahamas and like I'm gonna look terrible. And he's like, let's have a brilliant thought instead of the like the one shirt the whole week. Do you think I can upgrade that thought? So after hours and A-type personalities, God bless them, in my family, they found our luggage. It was delivered at the right moment. We got on the shuttle at the ship as the, the gangplank goes up behind us. Like we made it in like a minute, like before the gangplank went up. And it was just God going, you actually have power to speak life or death into every circumstance. And you have the power to partner with me, even if it's like taking an Uber ride, you know? Like, I'm with you in everything. Do you not get that? The other thing he kept going is, how would the daughter of the king, like, what would the daughter of the king expect in this moment? She would expect a good ride. She would expect her stuff, you know? And, and that identity of, you are my daughter. You get to expect you know, what the daughter of the king gets to expect. And that moment was, like, so transformative. I called Angela when I got home, and I was like, this stuff works. It, like, totally works. I took it for a spin, and we made it to the ship with it. So um, that is what I want to pass on to my kids, is, like, what goes in your brain actually affects the people and the circumstances around you. And... Um, and that was just such a, yeah, transformational moment for me. Yeah, so I think time's, yeah, time to bring the kids in. Uh, so that's it, yeah, we're gonna um, start doing some uh, some listening prayer uh, as, as part of this whole thing. So if you're interested in that, if you wanna participate and if you wanna receive prayer, design, things like that, that's what we're all about. So thanks for letting us talk at you for a little bit.